Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It was a very chaotic scene. A very, dare I say, ghetto scene. What's good? It's another episode of DX Daily, your favorite podcast. The podcast where we keep you up to date on everything that goes down in hip-hop music culture. It is Friday, and I am one of your lovely hosts here with you, Asia Sky. And I'm your other host, A-Dub. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Hip Hop DX. And going into the weekend, we have quite a few things to get to. So Atlanta's One Music Fest has officially been announced. And Lauren Hill, Lil Baby, Jeezy, Gucci Man, and more will be headlining. Rick Ross wants to buy the 76ers. Lil Nas X is trolling BET on BET Awards weekend. Also, there was a versus battle last night that went down between Mario and Omarion, and things got a little bit chaotic. And also, Chris Brown alluded to the fact that he might be doing a versus battle. Like I said, quite a few things to get to, but before we do, please subscribe to the podcast on all streaming platforms. Thank you. Now let's get into it. Okay, let's get started with this one music fest because they released one of the craziest lineups of this year so far, in my humble opinion. Uh, They announced it this week, and so many different names are on this lineup, from people like Lil Baby to Jasmine Sullivan to Rick Ross, Jeezy, Gucci Mane, Lauryn Hill, the Lauryn Hill, Miss Lauryn Hill. Like, this one music lineup, you can tell somebody that has a genuine love for music curated it in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like you said, some of the acts that are on there and a couple of the headliners, like there's not no little C list or D list. Like these are some of the biggest artists like currently going on right now. So it sounds like a good festival right now. Yeah, you got Ashanti on the lineup as well with Ja Rule. You know Ashanti and Ja Rule are going to be on the lineup together. If one is there, the other one is there. Uh, I just want to point out Dreamville Fest did that first. What up, Jacob? Well, not first, but they just did that recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> City Girls is on the lineup. Beanie Man, Tim's, Jagged Edge, Blue, uh, formerly known as Young Blue, Victoria Monet, one of my personal favorites, Larry June, Saucy Santana, Lupe Fiasco, Rich Homie Quan, Dougie Fresh, jo- Juvenile, and more and more. And the list goes on and on. But what I like about it so much, like much like many festivals, is it has a little something for everybody. But they went about providing the different vibes so well. So, like, people like a Beanie Man or a Tim's, if you want a reggae, Afrobeats type of vibe, if you want straight lyricism, you got Lupe Fiasco up there. If you want that throwback Atlanta, since it is in Atlanta, you got a Rich Homie Quan up there. You got R&B legends up there, Jagged Edge. Uh, you got Lauren Hill, one of the greatest female rap female artists of all time, but especially female rappers, Gucci and Jeezy, who have had lifelong beef on the same lineup. It's just so many great things about this lineup, but it's all going down in October of this year. It will be Saturday, October 8th and Sunday, October 9th at Central Park in the Fourth Ward neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia. 
And um, they had to change the location, actually, because the festival is bigger this year. It's doubling its size. So that just lets you know uh, how big they're really making this One Music Fest thing in ATL this year. Of course. And then um, the founder of One Music Fest, who is Jay Carter, he said in a statement, basically touching on all these topics, he was saying how, you know, one thing that they pride themselves in is creating a diverse lineup that reflects the vast and beautiful breadth of Black music and culture. Then he does go on to say that they are taking over the Fourth Ward area in Atlanta, Georgia, um, because it's been increased so much. And it says they're going to have four stages instead of their three stages. And he does say again, you know, this will be one of the biggest years yet for them. And they still plan to keep the energy and vibrations intimate and comfortable. So, you know, some of the festivals have been kind of crazy lately, having, you know, we talked about something in the water backlash of safety and, you know, people talking about um, Lovers and Friends Fest being so hot and so packed in Las Vegas and things like that. So I kind of feel like One Music Fest has it together for the most part. Um, it sounds just not chaotic at all. So hopefully it stays that way. and It's a good fest down in, uh, when it happens in October. For sure. Yeah, y'all did that. Go ahead. Shout out to you, Jay Carter. Y'all did that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about Rick Ross now. So, you know, he has been on his entrepreneurial quest, entrepreneurial quest for the past few years, um, for the past several years, I should say. And he wants to own a sports team now. That's something that he's been talking about quite a bit lately. And one of those teams that is going up for sale pretty soon is the 76ers. Now, Michael Rubin is selling his stake in the Philadelphia 76ers, and Rosé is trying to get a piece of that. He wants parts. Yeah, so what he did was he hopped basically in the comment section of Michael Rubin's Instagram post about it, and that's where he was like, I'll buy his 10% LOL. So, you know, Rick Ross stays in the comments, either promoting Wingstop or uh, Bel Air, or things like that. So it's only right that he makes his claim about buying uh, a sports team in the comment section, of course. Right. And Michael Rubin actually purchased into the ownership group back in 2011 for about $290 million for 10% of the 76ers. And of course, that has grown lucrative, way, way more lucrative in the past decade. So not quite sure what it what exactly it would be worth now for Rosé to purchase it. But I feel like Rosé might if he if he gets maybe like one or two other people. I feel like he can make that happen. Maybe he can make it happen on his own. I don't know. I'm I'm not in his pockets, but yeah, nah, I, I could see that happening. And I think he would do it. I think he really would do it. Like if the opportunity presented itself, because even um, just a few weeks ago, he was talking about buying the Miami Dolphins. So if you can buy the Miami Dolphins, I'm sure you can buy 10% of the 76ers. Yeah, I think he should do it, man. I think more rappers should get into sports ownership. They're sitting courtside at these games. They're supporting these games. These players are playing their music to get ready for the games. And the the relationship between rappers and ball players is like always, they're always seem to be good friends. Like we always see James Harden and Lil Baby together. And we always see these different basketball players and football players with these rappers. So why not? Why not get in, involved in something you're promoting so heavily? Yeah, I like it. I like this idea. Yeah, I like that too. So yeah, hopefully he gets it because he's very eager of getting some type of sports ownership. So hopefully it works out for Rick Ross. Right. Let Rose buy the team. <laughs> Period. Now let's talk about Lil Nas X. So you know it's BET Awards weekend. A lot of our a lot of people we know are out in LA right now for the awards. Uh, big weekend. Everybody goes down. All of the artists, all of the media people, DJs, anybody that has something going on in entertainment usually is down during this weekend um, out in LA. 
Well, one person that got complete beef with the BET Awards and is not out there, I'm sure, is Lil Nas X. So, you know, they didn't nominate him this year, nor did they invite him to do any type of performance or any type of announcing at the show. And Lil Nas really felt a way about that because he had the big record last year, Industry Baby. Um, He had his album out last year. He had like a couple big songs last year. So he felt a way that BET didn't nominate him. He hopped on Twitter, expressed his frustrations, um, said (laughs) sarcastically uh, told BET that this was black excellence with his zero nominations. Like Lil Nas has been very vocal about feeling snubbed by BET. Well, now he's taking it a step further and he has um, made a diss track. Culture's biggest night where stars become legends. Where every moment is magic. And it's all live. The BET Awards, midnight, Friday, June 24th. With live performances by Lil Nas X and Young Boy Never Broke Again, you won't want to be late to this party. Okay, so as you heard of the diss track in the background of him saying FBET, there was also a spoof preview of the award show, how they do these promos every year, these commercials that says, hey, this is the BET Awards. We're going to have so-and-so performing. So-and-so's going to be hosting. That's how they usually do it. With Lil Nas X obviously put his spin on it, and he's saying that he and Youngboy Never Broke Again, who is actually on the diss track, are going to be performing at the BET Awards, which we know they're not. Because Lil Nas has been beefing with them. So, yeah, the diss track is called Late to the Party, and it's out today. So, yeah, he dropped it just in time for the award show. I mean, on time, I guess. I guess it's fitting if you wanted to, you know, diss BET. Of course, do it on probably one of their biggest weekends. They always say culture's biggest night, being the BET Awards. So, um, no one really ever comes. No one, Well, no one has come after the BET Awards in a while, I feel like. So, I guess Lil Nas X is that one this year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I feel where he was coming from with the whole I didn't get nominated thing. Uh, Making a diss track (laughs) might have been a little excessive. Uh, That's a surefire way not to get nominated or asked back at all. But I guess he doesn't care at this point. Um, I get it, though. I I get it. I think his gripes are valid. And I'm still going to watch, though, because I want to see Taraji. (laughs) I love Taraji P. Henson. She's hosting this year, so I'm definitely still going to be watching. But I still support you, too, though, Lil Nas X. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, same here. Like, I feel like we got to see what happens at BET Awards because it's always something every year. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching it, too. But Lil Nas X, I I, I feel you. I feel where you're coming from. All right, now let's get to the main event of last night, the versus battle between Mario and Omarion. So going into this, I was like, hmm, I feel like Mario vocally is a little bit stronger. I feel like Mario has some great songs. Like, I feel like his song selection was going to be superb. But I was like, hmm, maybe Omarion's going to get him on the performance aspect. Because, you know, Omarion's a, a hell of a dancer. His performances were always lit over the years. So I'm like, hmm, maybe Omarion's going to get him on the performance aspect. And Mario's just going to get a, kill it with the music. And Mario killed it with the music. <laughs> but I was wrong about the, the performance aspect. I was wrong about a lot of things going into this versus battle. I did not expect for it to be what it turned out to be. It was a very chaotic scene a very dare I say ghetto scene (laughs) it was very just I did not expect 
what went down at that at the verses, especially in R and B verses consisting of Mario, Omarion, Ray J, Sammy, and Bobby Valentino. I didn't expect the energy to be so chaotic. And mind you, I saw clips when I woke back up at like three in the morning or whatever the case is. But from the clips I saw, vocals, the vocals were lacking a little bit, minus Mario. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of a lot of aggressive energy. Like I thought this was an R and B battle, yet the energy was very aggressive. So that's like my overall opinion of what I saw on the verses. Yet I have to say the same thing too. Um, one thing I definitely noticed between both the pre-show verses with um, Bobby V and all them, and then of course the main event, is just everybody was so aggressive. Like, of course, it's like they had all their like uh, talking ish that they had to get out, and everybody felt like they, you know, they've had the biggest hits over the years, and they're the best R and B artists and things like that. But it was just too aggressive in some points of like, you know, too much back back talk and the little petty uh, side remarks from everybody, which made it interesting, but it was also like, can we just get on with the music because y'all already late, y'all taking forever. Um, y'all want to do the stories in between the songs. You want to perform more songs and bring out all these special guests. It was like, it was going on. I mean, I would say it's like a five hour versus event. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't turn it off because I, I was waiting for something to happen. So it was like, I had to end up watching the whole thing live all the way through because I just couldn't miss it because so much was going on during this verses. Yeah, there were like there was a lot of special guests, <laughs> a lot of uh weird things going on, babies coming on stage, watermelons <laughs> coming on stage. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> what is this run of programming? Like what what was the on the itinerary for this versus what really happened? Because I was just so confused watching these clips. And I'm just like, why are people cutting off people's songs and starting their songs? Why are people um, singing other people's songs that are on the stage? Like I saw Bobby Valentino and Sammy harmonizing to Ray J's One Wish. And I'm just like, okay, are they doing backup for him? Or did they just completely take over his song and start singing his song? Like, it was straight chaos. Yeah, it really was like, and what people seem to notice a lot about the verses was everybody's vocals besides Mario and a couple others were like extremely shot. Like Ray J for sure, he had like heavy uh, reliance on his back vocals. And when he did try to sing his songs, like it was not sounding good. Even Jeremiah, when he came out later, he was not sounding good. I was just giving you a little background vocal for for what you were saying about Ray J. (laughs) Oh, do you hear this? Brandy's brother. <laughs> you sound like you are in distress. To my baby's born. To my baby's born. To my baby's born. To my baby's born. And then that's when uh, Pleasure P and and Sammy and them had to take over for a little bit uh, and and clean it up for them a little bit. But, yeah, I was just like, from the clips I was hearing, I'm like, y'all should have focused less on the smack you was going to talk to the other people and more on hopping in that gym, getting on that treadmill, getting those vocals together, getting that breath control right, because this is live. You are singing live. If if you weren't going to deliver live vocally 
just let the song play because guess what? People can do that at a versus. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you have the crowd there and you have everybody who's in the building, but if y'all weren't going to do good with the live singing, y'all should have told Swiss Beats and Timbaland in there, hey, let's do this one in the studio. But see, the problem with that would have been now we can't sell tickets. And they're, of course, trying to monetize it any way they can. Um, and being that they're, you know, running out of like, the super duper, super, super legends, because uh, a lot of them have gone already. It's kind of posing a new problem where they got to put these new lineups together and combine lineups and things like that. But <laughs> when the performances that were on display last night, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to down them. I don't want to down nobody, but I'm just like, that, that wasn't what I expected, especially from Omarion, too. I'm like, dang, Omarion, you? And you dance and sing at the same time, so it's like, how is your breath control not correct? I was I was confused by it all. Yeah, I was confused by that too. Like his vocals were real shaky, um, and he was doing a lot. I didn't know he was so. I think I guess the term was is hypersexual because he had the watermelon out. He's grinding on the microphone, and he's just doing a lot, showing off his chest. And a lot of people talked about that too. Like, bro, <laughs> like that kind of made him lose points a lot of people felt like because you're just doing too much and you're trying to sing and you're doing all this extra stuff that nobody asked for mm. so I was kind of surprised how Marion performed and people were saying that's why he probably needed B2K or he didn't go on these tours you know everybody's throwing shade on Twitter about it but <laughs> um, it, was, it was interesting last night and that's another thing speaking of B2K and the tour like this was essentially the Millennium Tour without them calling it the Millennium Tour. I noticed that mm-hmm. too when I saw what the lineup was. I'm like, okay, so basically everybody that th- who was on the Millennium Tour outside of Bow Wow <laughs> is on this show. <laughs> and y'all can't say it's the Millennium Tour obviously because they don't own the rights to that and of course you still want to label it as versus, but that's essentially what this was, except for when they were on the Millennium Tour, they sounded better than this. Like, I recall them sounding much better. And that's probably because, obviously, they're on tour, so they're doing these shows every night. They're in shape, uh, whereas this Versus, they probably just, you know, haven't been performing and stuff like that in months. And then they just hop back on stage, and you can hear the difference. You can definitely hear it. And even Mario pointed out, uh, that the vocals wasn't too tight uh, while Jeremiah was out there performing because that's who they that's one of the people that they brought out Jeremiah and uh, if you missed that part like The AO stop. It was the AO stop for me. Now, I'm not going to go in because we know, you know, Jeremiah has some health problems and everything like that. Tough battle with COVID. So, you know, he, at least out of anybody, had a reason, had a valid reason, at least to, you know, be a little shaky with the vocals. But yeah, man. Comedy for sure. Good performance. I don't know. That's my, <laughs> that's my blanket opinion on this versus battle. Yeah, same here. It was a, it was one it was one it, ugh. it was one of those versus battles you just had to see for yourself live or you can definitely just see all the good moments on the recap or good or bad moments on the <laughs> recap but well yeah 
Okay. <laughs> and speaking of verses too, before we get out of here, Chris Brown alluded to the fact that he may be doing a verses in the near future. And from this recent interview with Big Boy, he mentioned that he has been in talks with Swiss and Timberland about potentially doing this battle. Yeah, he basically said, I'm going to keep it 100. I've been talking to people, so we might figure something out, but I ain't going to say nothing yet. I ain't going to get nobody hype yet. Hmm. He also made it clear that they have not cut the check. So that's probably another reason why he's not clarifying it yet. But he did say that he's been talking to Swiss and Timberland. So that's the most important part. Um, he expounded upon it, too, if you want to check out the whole thing about why he wasn't going to do it before. But then he changed his mind. So fingers crossed Chris Brown could uh, come give us like a show show <laughs> on the next <laughs> versus battle, like singing, dancing, background performers. Uh, the most interesting thing about it would be, though, for me at least, would be who he would go against. Because if it's not Usher, really, I don't think it could be anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's talked about it being Usher and Chris Brown for the longest to be in a versus. So if it ain't him, then I don't know who. Right. But I guess we will see because he said it's it's on the way. So that is a good note to end on. We can talk about the new album and all of the new music on Monday once we have had a chance to listen to it. Well, I didn't listen to Breezy yet. Did you listen to the whole project yet? I got to maybe like the seventh song because it's like 23. So seven <laughs> out of 23, that's all I heard. Okay, got it. So once we are able to listen to the full project, we will be back to talk about the Breezy album. For now, that is going to conclude today's episode of DX Daily. As always, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Anywhere you're listening to us at right now, also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hip Hop DX. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials, like our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok, which is Hip Hop DX. Yep, you can follow us. I am at Asia Sky on all platforms. And I'm at A-Dub on everything, too. All right, we will see you on Monday with more daily news. Have a good weekend. See ya.